Why don't you rename the... the <laughs> why isn't that thing? <laughs> Process to epiphany. It's a lot of responsibility. It is, yeah. Let's not yeah. put that pressure on ourselves. Yeah, no, no, no. We may not get there. Um, what I often do, actually, is say back to you the thing that I think you've just said to see if I okay. have heard it. Yeah. And then that gives you an opportunity to be like, no, 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 no. That, that's not what I'm saying <laughs> at all. Yeah, all. that's not um, Should we start by telling, introducing yourself? Um, sure. My name's Ellie. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I find instructions weird. I'm not sure what else. Um, yeah, my name's Ellie. And, yeah. That's a good start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. What are you, what are you thinking about, Ellie? Or what are you working on? Or what am I thinking about? What like keeps jumping into your mind, or what wakes you up, or what keeps coming to you in the shower? Or <laughs> um, a lot of things, you know. Like it's a big. That's a big question, and I want to say a lot of things. In terms of there's kind of like a large kind of answer to that, this kind of macro zoomed out version of that answer, which is probably, you know, me trying to be a good adult to myself, like, um, yeah, keeping me alive. (laughs) How am I keeping me alive right now? You know, am I... um, eating the right things and, you know, giving the best I can to my body, which I often just have to, like, check in through the day, you know, when was the last time I, like, when I ate, I'm probably going to be hungry, I should do that, I need to look after myself. Did I get enough sleep? Yep, okay, great, check that little box. Have I done some sort of physical activity today? (laughs) Which is good, that's a tick, like, um, so I think about that, am I being a good adult to myself in the best way possible like physically mentally emotionally am I checking in and doing that because I don't think that used to be a priority for me until mm. well, maybe even for society at yeah. large actually yeah um yeah so that's something I've really been trying to do in the past couple months or so just keep an eye on myself for myself be a good person to me um and kind of in this weird way like bring back the selfishness like always checking in like yeah I don't know I'm not really sure that's kind of one thing I'm thinking about also been thinking you know it's December now and I've just been evaluating the year I've had it's kind of this wrapping up and in a a generous way what do you mean? Have you been like? Have you, are you being kind and generous to yourself when you put evaluation on the year? Oh yeah, I, I think through. I've had the best year I could have ever had. Right, actually, um, and I realised that the other day that I've really had a great year, and yeah, it's been awesome. So yeah, I f- I am being really generous, and I am. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm really kind of proud of the year I've had, and the things I've done and also it's well 
it all popped, it happened when, you know, on Facebook memories and I got this memory popped up of the a status I wrote the day I, like my last performance at uni. And when I reread it, that this year was kind of the year I dreamed about having, that this year really was the kind of life I had dreamed about having. And it kind of also just, I had to, I guess, acknowledge in myself that it's taken three years as well, that it didn't, I, you know, I thought I was going to walk out those doors and <laughs> have that year, you know, in two months, but that didn't happen. So it was just kind of nice for me to recognise as well that it did take time and, to have a little mini celebration that I was lucky, am lucky to have said I had a really great year and had, yeah, a kind of time that I always wished to have right now. Do you want to go into some detail? Um, yeah, I mean, I had a really diverse year, I think, speaking artistically and I guess professionally, which I feel is a term I need to start really owning a bit I think um but yeah I mean there was a lot of diversity which I really liked you know there wasn't just one thing that kept me busy there were all these different things and I got to meet new people and really um yeah I got to do a bit of like dancing a really little bit of actual performing you know a lot of creating a lot of a bit of teaching as well, which I really liked, and some creating. I think I may have already said that, but um, tell, me, tell me about some of the creating that you did. Um, started off the year working with Genoa, which you know what? This is going to sound so fangirl, but she knows this. She was when I wrote down my list of people I wanted to work with in the year. She was my number one. Done. So yeah. Tick. I know, and it wow. was. <laughs> um, so when I had this email from her in my inbox, I just like died. Pretty not literally. That sounds that's wrong, but I just couldn't believe it. It was this really cool moment, and I was really shocked that she asked me to be in her piece for the Kia. And when I saw the other people that were in the cast, I was like, "Oh my gosh." <laughs> And then I turned up to rehearsal the first day and I was like, I can't believe I'm here in this room with these ladies. And that was really, um, and that she's kind of taking this chance on me. Um, yeah. And so it was really nice to be creating and I don't think I've ever really worked for someone who cares about their dan her dancers so much. Like she has this genuine care for everything about you as a person and I walked out of that development and I said to the, the other performers, I was like, is it always going to be this easy? <laughs> and they were like, no, don't get used to it. <laughs> I was like, because oh, this was just a, um, yeah. So I guess in terms of that creating, that was really good. She had a really clear idea of what she wanted to do and I feel like I'm often good at, you know, being respondent to tasks and stuff. So it was a bit of creating, did a couple more developments um, in two different settings. One was for a month and the other one was for about 10 days for two different, um, yeah, I guess one organisation and one emerging choreographer, I'd say. And you were 
you were driving the creations? Or no. Some, okay. No, I wasn't. They didn't work out as well? <laughs> um, one of them didn't. One of them, the shorter one, was very difficult. Really, really difficult. Because they didn't have an idea of what they wanted? They didn't have an idea of what they wanted. And I think I've never felt so less trusted as a... Yeah. dancer, artist, collaborator person. There was no kind of, yeah, it was a lot of reserved information or you didn't deserve to know this or you, it, this is for me to know and not you. And it was really difficult because um, I then felt I couldn't give because I didn't know, you know, I didn't yeah. have this information. So, I yeah. mean, yeah. It's a strange thing about how... When you're the director or the choreographer and that's the role that you're heading up and it's like somehow your responsibility is to know everything and always have to choose how much of that gets funneled down. Yeah. Because if everything goes to your dancers, that's not good either. Yeah. Like if the gripes that you're having with the person who's writing the marketing copy gets to your dancers, that's also not... (laughs) The right thing. The right thing. Yeah. Um, so there, but there's, yeah, trust is a big thing. It was a big thing. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so what can you do in that situation? Nothing, just stick it out. Yeah, just turn up every day, I Bum think. Up. Yeah. It wasn't, it still, I think, contributes to my great year. Great. I don't take it away. It was really... Um, again, the diversity that I've had this year that adds to it. And it was a learning, massive kind of learning experience about, you know, someone said to me, I think it was Shona Erskine, about how in the first few years of your career, you just find out what you don't want to do. <laughs> you do a lot of things that you go, I will never do that again. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's very rare that you kind of, well, from what I remember or the way that I took it was that it's really rare you find the things you want to do quite so soon. and it, Or that, even that you recognise them. Yeah, you don't so know. Soon. Yeah. 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 And that was one of those things that I recognised <laughs> <laughs> straight away. I was like, okay, that's noted. That's not it. Noted. Yeah. Noted. Okay. And so does that mean you're in a position now to foresee when things are going to be like that and then not become involved in them? Or do you think... You're still in the trajectory where you'll continue to be involved in things that are like that uh, until you get to the point of view where that's not good enough anymore. Um, I mean... So I want you to have a taste of the good life. Uh, <laughs> the ultimate life. What yeah. do you do? Um... A little bit of, I'd like to say yes. Mm. I would like to say yes. When I think of that particular person and process, Mm. I already feel like I would go, thanks, but no thanks. Um, But I don't, sometimes you just don't know. Like, I mean, you just never know what's going to be on the floor that day sometimes. And how stuff has evolved or how 
what changes have been made. I think it's really hard to um, know the answer to that. But where am I going with this? I also feel like, you know, I almost want to streamline or tailor what I do in a way. Like I don't want to be, I don't, I don't, and I don't think I am, but I don't want to be someone who just says yes to everything. I don't think I'm one of those people and I am quite selective and reasonable about what I choose to do or what I choose to apply for. Um, I'm not a yes girl, I don't think. Like, I'm not going... Where does, where does that come from, knowing that, like, this, the, the knowledge of self? I think just my feeling, like, my gut. Feelings. I don't know. Yeah, my feelings. Yeah. I think that's... My feelings say that's the answer. My gut says that's the answer. That's what it is. Um, yeah, and it's funny, you know, I've been thinking about... You know, I've been speaking to you as well about how I didn't know what my process was, but I do know more of the answers than I feel I don't know. Like, you know, and even just answering that, you know, I do have these strong guttural things that go, that's right, that's not right. Um, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I'd like, yeah, I'm not a yes girl. <laughs> I don't think I am. Mm. Yeah. And it's maybe not where you can bring most value to the world anyway. By being a yes person? No yeah, way. Yeah. They're not f- interesting, I don't think. <laughs> People that, I don't know, I don't you need find to know that engaging. well enough to know how you can best contribute serve. and yeah. serve. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, I don't... And, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. I have nothing more that would add to whatever I've just said. That's fine. Okay. Tell me about some of the performing that you did this year. Um, I've only performed once uh-huh. on the stage this year, which was great, actually. Yeah. Um, it was at Carriage Works. Very cool. feel really very, very, very lucky and thankful that I've performed mm. to a really big... You know, and did like a season. It went over like, you know, four nights. Actually, that one. Actually, no, I lied. I performed again at Carriage Works recently, which um, in a big horse suit. So I have performed a couple of times and both of those were really great experiences. Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny, you know, like in 2014 when I was in a musical, I was performing six, seven, nine. Was it nine times a week? Maybe nine. It was a lot, and I, wanna, I feel like it might have been eight-ish. Anyway, it all feels like one big thing, but you become really numb to performing. Like, you're just like, oh, there are people there. You know, it's this kind of, you're not, I wasn't engaged or active, but it's this funny thing. I was performing every night, and... In one way, it's good because you kind of get those, that kind of, um, I don't know what the word is, like experience levels, like you just get your kicks up by being on stage every night, you know, which is good, but I was so numb to it. And then saying I've only performed maybe like seven times on stage this year is so different, but I valued those times. They were really special. I was really engaged. I was um, really fulfilled by both of those Mm projects I performed in 
what are you heading up? What are you driving forward? Like your own idea or show or... And it can be within somebody else's thing. I'm, I'm kind of thinking about like um, somewhere between your interest and your agenda. <laughs> <laughs> what am I... I don't really know. It's almost like what are you chasing maybe? Like I know when I'm working on something <clears throat> and I don't need to be the choreographer for it, mm. but there's usually something that I'm keenly interested in that I'm chasing that I'm trying to work out like um, the process in Frankston was trying to work out how I could take my experience with researching with spending time with these old blokes and then imagining what kind of old bloke I'm going to (laughs) be and how I could put that into some kind of experience that an audience could sit and watch Mm. uh, that would encourage uh, reflection, self-reflection on the cycle, okay. and the po- and the potential of breaking cycles. The cycle. Do you push that in all works or just this work? Uh, yeah, no. I guess it is one of the things that I care about is self-reflectiveness. Yeah, mm. the idea that um, not everybody is at all times in a position or empowered enough to break a cycle but there are cycles at play Mm -hmm. and we can some of us are fortunate enough to have active choice to remain in the cycle or leave or or break it yeah yeah um without any comment or judgment on anybody else Mm -hmm. um and i understand that not everyone has that option so i am very wary of never talking down to anybody mm-hmm. and that some people want that cycle for themselves because that's just of their feelings like yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah maybe that's what I'm only ever always doing okay um I th- I think I think there are there's one answer and then there's one thing that I'm liking seeing that mm. may be an answer. Mm. Um, well, actually, maybe they're the same thing. I think as an audience member or reviewer, I really like to feel things. Like I like to, you know, be able to, I guess, recognise wherever how I could apply that to my life or where a certain show, the themes in the show has happened in my life or I I guess that I can reflect on or um, if I felt, you know, one particular form, I had this kind of connection and I want to keep saying the word connection that I like to, that there's a moment that you connect with something, an idea, a person, one scene, a state, I don't know, that you go... I, I feel something about that. Like, I think um, that that is something I'm always... And even if I may go, actually, there's nothing in the work that I think can connect with, I can have that one moment with that one audience member that, you know, they think about for two hours later. I don't know. Do you know? Like, it's that one... Um, I want to say connection. 
And I'm also really finding that I'm really enjoying works um, that kind of celebrate joy a lot, you know, and what dancing was and should be and I feel isn't, you know, that thing where we used to just dance for fun, like for real fun Mm. or, you know, to mark great occasions, you know, weddings, birthdays, deaths, you know, that it was, you know, back when we were not this civilization we are now, you know, we danced and it, I was about to say it dan- we danced and it meant something. Not saying it doesn't mean something, but it was for a different reason. Like there was no kind of attachment or good or bad or um, judgment on it. And I feel like I enjoy things that show that or do that. Mm. Hmm. I'm, I care about the feels and the lols. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the mems. <laughs> <laughs> the memes, yeah. <laughs> but I do think about... that the power of feeling is that it doesn't have to be thinking. Mm. Actually, that it doesn't have to be rationalised and doesn't have to be logical. And that's, it's somehow more of a direct connection. Mm-hmm. Like getting f- a fright. Mm. <laughs> it's pretty direct. It's pretty direct, yeah. There's, um, I forget the name of the dude. I was listening to a Long Now Foundation podcast and he was speaking about that our conscious mind is assembling all of the information that we get from our senses, our touch and sight and sound and taste and smell and that to assemble all of that in a cohesive stream for our mm-hmm. mind because it all comes in at different rates that we're individually living about a half second behind, behind um, but our direct visceral um, response. response is not. Mm. I think, you know, at the end of the day, we are humans. Like, we are these funny creatures. Really, you know, mm. before we are... We are animals, I think. And we do have that initial... That does... You just know. Like, you have that... Mm. Like you said, that response and reaction before your thinking body does. Mm. So, yeah. I also... I guess for me, there's music that shifts me, that moves mm-hmm. me. And I hope that whatever form I'm working in also has that same power. Mm-hmm. Or there's like the superpower, say, of comedy mm-hmm. is to say two things that are ridiculous in a way that makes you consider them for longer than just dismissal. Mm-hmm. And then the power of music is to make you feel something even though you're not personally in Mm -hmm. the situation. But then the power of dance somehow is like... I'm looking forward to whatever you're about to say. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Maybe the potential for dance... The potential for dance, yeah. ...is to hijack empathy. That... You sit there with the human body watching my human body. Mm. 
and when I move and fall and sweat. It doesn't have to be emotive. I don't have to emote because the thing's really happening to my body. Yeah, right. Like funniest home videos, why it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you yeah. can feel that. It happening to you. Yeah, and they're not like, they're not dramatically dying over mm, five mm. minutes with strings in the background. There's mm. just a real moment where you feel some like a ricochet or echo mm-hmm. of that pain. <laughs> mm. And hopefully dance exists in that sphere. That sphere where what I'm doing is not to um, impress you, but to affect you. Yeah. I also, you know, when I think people who are non-dancers, in inverted commas, you know, see dance and they go, oh, that was beautiful. I wish I could do that. It's Mm. that same kind of feeling. Like I can almost feel in my body what that would feel like. Um, And I want to experience or I, yeah, yeah, I wish I could do that with my Like somehow an excellent excellent dancer is dancing on your behalf. Yeah. My mum's such an honour. Yeah. You know, that's so nice. Yeah. It's it's the service. Yeah. My mum's at that, my mum loves to dance, but she's at that point where her body is not as able. Mm. And so she watches. Mm -hmm. I did an interview with her once Mm -hmm. asking her about dance. (laughs) She's talking about how that's like, that's as close as she can get actually Mm -hmm. is Mm -hmm. to watch somebody else dancing. Yeah. To think that some, that, that person is dancing on my behalf so that I can have the experience that they're having without having to train for it or sweat through mm. it or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do the... <laughs> do all that. Do all that yeah, stuff. survive through it. I also think it's this interesting um, cultural thing. I want to say cultural. How we feel we st- have to stop dancing. You know, like your mum yeah, must I'm just talking be... about hip replacement. Yeah, okay. Yeah. You know? And I think... You know, in some cultures, you never stop dancing. Like, you can yeah. be the oldest person and no matter what your yeah. um, circumstances are, you're still dancing. And then I think that makes you think about then what is dancing? You know, at what it's level yeah. do we cut off what is dancing? Um, mm. But anyway, that's just... Mm. <laughs> do you want to talk about your solo at all? Or anything else like that where you're just like, it's just you (laughs) and it's just your idea and you're just trying to make something happen and what is that thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I No, I do. I do have to. (laughs) I do. I should talk about it actually. I have to stop shying away that I'm making this solo and in this really interesting process actually for Mm -hmm. myself at the moment where I have for so long been involved in other people's processes and yeah always been given what to do or told what to do shown what to do and now I have to make something for myself on myself and it's shit (laughs) (laughs) it's so shit I don't know the work is shit or you feel like it's the process is shit going through the process is shit is so shit I actually think Nick Power is like it's not enjoyable to do no. the thing, but you have to do the thing. I have to do it. <laughs> it's so good for me. Like, this is like me eating my vegetables. Like, I hate doing All it, right. but I have to do it. I know it's good for me. So, 
So being a like a dance maker and dancer is part of being a good adult. To me, yeah, yeah. it is. It mm. ticks one of those one of those checklist self-care things. Checklist. Yeah, self care totally. Yeah. I think it does and also, I just also keep thinking, like, if I never make a solo again, <laughs> which hopefully I do. I'm not going to say this turned me off making a solo forever, but I'd like to think as well that I do become more valuable to the people I work for in the future because yes. I know yes. more about my own process and what I can offer, how I like to work, all this good stuff. So it is literally me eating my vegetables. I know it's good for me. I just have to get through the plate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it feels like it's a pretty big plate of vegetables at the moment. Yeah. Um, Any specific vegetables on there? Like pak choy? I really like vegetables. This is the thing. This is why it's really difficult. It's about who cooks them and how. No? Yeah. Potatoes I can eat any moment, (laughs) any time, any form. Yeah, great. (laughs) Or any type of potato. When the Belgians cook the potatoes. Yum. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, I had a dance teacher that used to talk about, you know, plies and tondus in ballet, like your peas and carrots, you know. They're just good for you. (laughs) So. I like to think about plies just as being squats. Okay. Like in that Anaconda film clip. Oh, yeah. They just do squats so that they can get the sexy bum. Yeah, yeah, right. What is currently culturally sexy bum? Yeah. Because that'll change. It will change. Um, Yeah. Um, Booty reps. Yeah. Booty booty reps. reps. Fair enough. (laughs) I see that. Okay, so you're doing this thing and it's rough. It's rough. But it's good. So rough. It's good. Okay, and what is the thing? Well,. I wrote in an application uh-huh. that I was going to make my ultimate dance solo. Okay. Which sounded like this really achievable, fantastic idea Amazing. at the time. Yep. And it kind of made me think that, well, it was this was given to me as a task by my third year improvisation teacher, Joe Pollitt. She gave us all a task where you had to write down your ultimate solo, regardless of your body and budget. You could just do anything. And I just thought that was so cool. I thought that was that was cool. ultimate. It is cool. It's really cool. And when I... Th- I don't have that solo anymore. I don't know where that piece of paper is. Uh-huh. Yeah, such a bummer. Is it not inherent that whatever we make, we're trying to make it ultimate? Yes. Hmm. Obviously, I think you want the best of whatever whatever you're making. You want it to be the best this of what is, it is. I'm working hard for this to be the ultimate podcast episode. Are you? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Each time. Each time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think it's hard because I think when, you know, when you are making ultimateness, if you set out to make what is ultimate, that's yeah. really hard. Like yes. what, you know, like reinventing the circle, you know, how the, the wheel, that thing, it's true. you know, like what, how, to how make can it, you, the circle better? Yeah, how you can you, you can't, it's real good. Yeah. It's good so for like the lazy Susan. It's good for it's everything. It's good for a hula hoop. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Um, so... It kind of also made, it, yeah, it's 
been really nice to think about contextually how three years ago my idea of ultimate was so different to mm. what ultimate is now and what I enjoy seeing, what I think is important to show is really different to what I thought three years ago. Um, and my experiences are different now. Mm, yeah, my context is different now. So I guess it, there's a lot of unearthing or dredging what is the most important thing. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard. To, to do and also to show. To show. So it's just, you know, it's like how do I make everything ultimate that I'm – every movement ultimate, mm. this ultim- this piece of curry ultimate, like it's – just it's put chrome tough. on it. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Thanks, Matt. No, I was just thinking actually like the pressure. Yeah. Actually. <clears throat> and that like uh, Miss Universe pageants, what's your biggest wish? World peace. Like that's the ult- the ultimate for you. A wish actually is world peace. You can't get a bigger ultimate wish than that. <laughs> It's like the circle. Yeah, you can't get bigger than yeah, one piece. Yeah. So there, there's. It, it's interesting that there's a ceiling on ultimate. There is a ceiling on ultimate. Because I wouldn't have thought that there was, but now I see that there is. There or is a there ceiling. So are you pressing up against the ceiling, like when Alice in Wonderland grows <laughs> and she's in that small room? Yeah. And she's like. Yeah. Is that happening to you? No. No, you're not at the I'm ceiling. I'm not. Yet. I'm. I haven't even. It's more like you've eaten the cookie and trunk to the table. Yeah. Yeah. Foot. Still in the first scene. Okay. And that's why I'm feeling like this amount of time I've been given to make this this where it is right now, and this kind of marking point that's approaching me isn't long enough. Which is fine. I mean, it's just a marker of you know whatever it is. It comes down to team though as well. Like, how big's your team? Just one at the moment. Because <laughs> I said I wanted to yeah. do it as much as... Not yeah. only did I want to make an ultimate, I wanted to make it as solo as possible. Okay. And then I realised I hate working <laughs> by myself. Um, but are you, are you your ultimate... Collaborator. Like, <laughs> Composer. Uh, yeah, designer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Dancer, choreographer, choreographer, director, director, producer, everything. Yeah. Are you your own ultimate at that? Part of me says yes, because who knows you better than you in some way or knows what you want to do or who would care about what you're doing more than you, I'd like to think. There's a Little Mermaid episode about that. Is there really? Yeah, there's a, guy, there's a crab that comes in yeah. that knows Sebastian better than he knows himself. Wow. But it, it comes from a deep insecurity. Yeah, right. Like his need to be better than Sebastian is actually just because right. he doesn't think that he's enough. Okay. Yeah, I think to some degree I am my ultimate team. Great, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because... But you fight with yourself. Yeah, which ultimate teams <laughs> do, I think. I think ultimate teams are going to disagree. Yeah, A good ultimate, for the best. Yeah, for the yeah. best. And, um, you know, people, people say stuff like, oh, you know you know me better than I know myself or something, like about friends or sisters or parents. Mm. And I'm like, 
yeah, I totally get that. But like in every context possible, do they know you better than you know yourself? And um, so I want to say, yeah, I am my ultimate team because nobody really understands whatever it is I'm going through in my brain and everything I'm thinking mm. better than me. And probably has their own things they're thinking about. Yeah. Yeah. So I am. If I continue to <laughs> doing it by myself is just another question, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And well, how much of Ultimate do I show as well? Yeah. As well, when I am making things, there's, there's the what I want to do and then there's the what I need to do so that it can be seen mm. and then that's like that usually the choreographer makes the call that this needs to be seen even if it's not what you the dancer wants to do yeah but when you're both you need to make the choice of like i hate this section yeah and it's the most important one i know <laughs> um what would be in your ultimate solo um i never know But I do know that I need somebody to perform for, somebody in my team, in the room. Okay. Because I uh, am not insecure enough to need to prove something to myself. You are not insecure enough to to need to prove something to yourself. So I need some people around Mm -hmm. that I take joy in... um, Doing it for doing things for whatever it is if it's like being spontaneous or if it's being funny or if it's supporting Mm -hmm. like I know myself best in response and reflection Uh, from others yes and and it's almost like um like a last year I had a couple of weeks in the studio with Jenny Large starting the joy project and sounds so fun it was basically that. I was like, okay, I don't know how to, what meal I'm cooking or how to conjure it up, but I know that I'm going to at least need to go into the kitchen with the right person. Mm. And so that's what we did mm-hmm. because then my, my response to her and that space mm-hmm. and then different music or ideas that we brought in and ways that we treated each other mm-hmm. activated cultivated. all of that. Cultivated yeah. is a much nicer word. Cultivated this thing, yeah. Yeah, and then I found... Then the second stage, I had a residency at ReadyMade and um, Jenny wasn't available, but Rhiannon Newton Mm -hmm. came in and joined the team. And then I had another excellent person to perform for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) That can like, is skilled and aware and knows themselves enough that they can jump on board Mm. with, not with agreeance, but with the value. Mm -hmm. There's like, there's a difference you can somehow get on board not as a yes person. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um. And that is so valuable because then I feel like I see what I've just done mm. in their response to me mm. and then I can respond to, to that. that. And it just keeps going. And it, Yeah. And sometimes it works with the music. Like there's one Beyonce song, I forget which one it was, but I loved mm-hmm. dancing to that. And so that was enough to like have a mirror and have that music and then I respond and then I see myself dance and I respond to that. Yeah. But the, the idea that anything comes from nothing, I can't get on board with. Like everything mm. seems to come from something. It's just you're either aware of that something or not. Or not. Yeah. 
But so, I hope that everything is ultimate. Like everything that I try and do is just needs to, like once the context is worked out, you're just working to make it the best the you can, most fruitful. Yeah. Mm. Like the ultimate fruiting tree is the one that does fruit and it's delicious, but also keeps enough to live for the next year and fruit again. Mm. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to that kind of not so good experience I had in a studio earlier this year. And I'm thinking, how did I make that ultimate, like that situation? And I go, maybe it was an, but I don't think it was an ultimate learning curve. I'm just reflecting (laughs) because it it was, but it wasn't enough to be like crossed over to the other side of ultimateness. Yeah. Um, Like something that you just suffer through. Yeah. And there's a difference between suffering through it and it being ultimate. (laughs) But yeah. yeah, I'm. I don't know. I'm enjoying hearing what would be in other people's ultimate solos at the moment. Mm. Like, and I think it's just a kind of nice reflection. Like, and just one of those self check-in things. Like, oh yeah, what would I do? You know, and not even not even getting into the how would I do it yet, but actually, mm. what would I do? You know, like. But you would, know, how is part of this podcast? Oh, have we got there? No. Anyway. Oh, okay. Um, but we can we can how about anything. Yeah. So we can actually choose a different what to how about. Maybe. We might find another what to how about. I think so. Okay. How do you work within a team um, so that it's... I don't know, so that it's nice. Like you speak about when it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. So how do you make sure that it works? Or what do you what do you need to be aware of or look out for or I really love good organization. Yeah. You know, people <laughs> I think when I worked in arts admin, one thing I really learned was respond to your emails in time in a good time because mm-hmm. there's often someone on the other end waiting for that. Not even often, there probably is someone on the other end. So and that comes back to organization. I love when things are organised, when everybody knows what the schedule is going to be, what time it is. Not, I'm not even, you know, not even what we're working on today, but I know I need to be there by nine. I can organise my life around that. Um, we all know what our role is, what's expected of us. Um, that I really feel makes the team work and makes, you know, everyone, everyone just... Yeah, you know what is expected of you and what to expect, Mm. I think. I like that. And when you can be really um, honest and open as well, I think, makes the team work. When you feel like you're in a safe enough environment to be like, this isn't working or actually I like this or whatever, I think that makes the team work. Who's inspiring?
I'm really inspired by people who... I don't know how else to say this, but have a life. And I don't mean that in like this. Um, I find people who are inspiring other people who have a life in the in the sense of there's a balance between whatever it is they're doing with their real lives, like, you know, and that takes the time to acknowledge that sometimes people fall pregnant and have babies and sometimes people die and they go along with you know, and let life happen. And I guess then whatever they're doing, whether it's their job, their art, their whatever. Um, It's inspiring when I see people managing both that and managing, you know, to find lots of interests and who pursue whatever that is. I don't think I find it inspiring when people are... I don't know, like one track minded or 100% into one thing. That's not inspiring to me. I like people who, people or things that have a varied interest and Mm. acknowledge that they all have a role Mm. in the bigger picture. Now I'm going to ask you about yours. Yeah. What do you, but how are you going to ask it? Um, Tell me something that you're pursuing trying to be a good person to myself like I am really trying to be a good person to myself and that um, you know and being keeping I guess thinking about this one track you know it's not just about me eating good things all day it's about me having this variety and um, learning as much as I can about the things I want to learn about and um I guess constantly reevaluating what is currently in my circle and how do I that influences yeah. that are in your circle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How do you um I guess how do you feel that out? Like how do you make decisions and how do you know what's working and what's not? Cuz I think it's a crazy important thing mm. that most people leave up to chance. Who, who's in their lives. Oh, yeah. I mean, I feel like my circle is pretty select in terms of people. No exclusive. joke. Yeah, it's very exclusive. So my circle you, is tight. How do you make that call? Like, what are the feelings that lead you to decide, yep, no. Nah. What are the feelings? There's a feeling, but what are they? I think there's this thing like that this sense of time never changes. You know, the people um, that you can pick up off the conversation, you know, from wherever it was. And there's also a sense of support and there can be a little bit of judgment, but mostly non-judgment, but mostly support, you know. Like often one of my really good friends would say to me, you know, you, like, you know, there's no judgment in whatever we say or do, Um all your thoughts because it's an open space and I feel like that's always nice um I'm going through the list of people (laughs) also maybe um investment if they are invested 
Yeah. In you, as as you are invested in them. And in the relationship. And in the relationship. Then it doesn't need to be something that requires attention. maintenance or attention. Yeah. Um, and because, you know, so many of us are transient, you know, we're floating all around. I think that's important that there is an investment. It's not just, you know, liking your status every now and again. It's an actual, like... Um, investment in yeah. what's and not going even on. maybe of I don't know how to because it's not it doesn't have to be a tangible logistical time investment it's more like just an investment of love yeah of total love of mm. care and of love mm. and of interest mm. um, yeah have you heard of the love languages do you know the love languages the five love languages yes yeah. Uh, I've heard of them and I don't know them, but there's different ways that people people love and show love. Yeah, and one of them is time because some people could show their love by giving you time, like, you know, making the time to go see you or whatever. But, you know, as an ex- like one of them is words, so they may make the time to go see you but never tell you once that they care about you. You know, it's that kind of different thing. So I just thought of it then, as you were saying, it isn't always an investment about time. I'm not saying you need to spend a week at my house. Please don't. <laughs> like, I wouldn't. Because people expect to receive love in different ways as well. Yes. Um, but yeah, it doesn't have to be time. Mm. It can be... I was having a discussion with Rachel Ogle the other mm-hmm. day about the different role of either being a carer or being a provider. Mm. within a household situation and mm. usually those roles are split and depending which which parent goes first mm. you either goes lose first the, as in as dies first away, yeah. it's like you either lose the One carer or you lose the provider yeah right and then the the, the ch- children will have to step in and either become a provider or become a carer mm. and there's there's this idea that's that if so you happen, have, that's so relevant to my family right now yeah, yeah. And it's real. I'd never thought of that. Yeah. And it, I guess the idea is that in the social structure we have, if you have a pension and a superannuation, then hopefully the provider becomes less critical. You still will have a roof over your head, but mm. the, the carer, the carer, is ultimately critical at all stages. They have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think that's a balance to strike when you're leading a team as a director or as a choreographer, even mm. if you're leading your team of one. <laughs> um, like, at what point are you the provider of the the tasks and the mission and also and the, the energy? Person caring and about at what it. point are you the carer that is aware and listening? <laughs> yeah, and also taking on the feelings. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. And Me neither. Just yeah, then. Just then. Um, yeah, finding a lot of things are just about the right balance. And also I was thinking about, in terms of my search for ultimate, I was thinking about other ultimate things, like, you know, my ultimate Sunday, my ultimate... Boyfriend. Boyfriend, my ultimate dish to eat, my ultimate wool to knit with like all this kind of stuff and I was like what makes it ultimate and actually it is the right balance of things like it has to be when I think of my favourite 
Kylie Kwong duck and orange dish thing. So amazing. It's just the right balance. Like it's not too much of anything. Mm. And that is something, you know, in my ultimate solo, there would be some sort of um, acknowledgement of me being away from my family and home. But it can't all be about it. It has to be the right the right amount of it and so that is something I'm really trying to find is this balance sounds like life sounds like self-care yeah yeah ultimate self-care ultimate self-care is about balance the right balance yeah and balancing how life affects your you know how much of life are you living and how much of just dancing are you doing, you know? Mm. Yeah, I think there are a lot of things that would be very, very enjoyable if they weren't 50 hours a week. Yeah. Like, even company dancing probably would be much more enjoyable if you split the cast and the wages and everyone's dancing (laughs) 20 hours a week. Yeah, right, yeah. And then when people are there for their four hours a day or their three days a week, yeah. they are there with all 100%, of the, yeah. um, the nourishment that comes from what they've been doing in their time yeah, and yeah, with yeah. others. It's like the nine to five, five out of seven system is a factory hangover, but not a not like a m- middle class or artistic benefit beneficial schedule mm. or even just the idea that I mean, I was told in Japan it's quite common to go home at lunchtime and have lunch mm. with your family oh that's nice um, but then you know so the lunch break is longer and you're at school later in the afternoon but that idea that you would see people throughout your day mm. that they are part of your day mm. and we kind of block out our days mm. and that I will see you this like once a week mm. we will spend time then and we're like like you said someone will like yeah don't come and stay with me for a week because mm. it's actually too much that'd it's be nice much. if we were sporadically Dispersed. enhancing each other's yeah time yeah 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 i think balance is important mm. how do you how do you know what is the balance of like peers that you surround yourself by and <laughs> of empathy but of values (laughs) but of self-care but of yeah like of zen but of rage enough to change things yeah and sometimes when you're too balanced nothing changes nothing happens nothing happens (laughs) if you're too balanced there is no feeling either way and then that's just boring too when i um reflecting on my year again Like, at the start of the year, I kind of was busy with all this kind of dance stuff in the beginning of the year and at the end of the year, and I had this kind of, um, yeah, this kind of gap in my diary of nothing. that's quite common. Yeah, it was quite common. In winter. Yeah. And it's cold and you're Nobody wants to. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants to do anything. Everything shit at the same time. Yeah. And there was this little, like, lull, and I was like, oh, you know, okay, I'll just have to... um, guess just have that time off but my grandpa ended up passing away in that time and so when I reflected back on it the universe did allow me 
to balance. It was really necessary for me to have that time um, off, actually, and to myself and my family. And so I also just do think in some ways, yeah, the world just, the universe balanced it out for me. So there's a bit of that. In terms of the balance of my circle of friends. Mm. Um, it's tricky to know. I don't know. To think you know what you need and then adjust accordingly. And you don't know what you need until you realise you need it, you know. Um, so, yeah, how do you... Because there must have been times when you knew what you needed. Yeah. How, how And there how are certain you know? friends I call for certain situations. You know, I know that someone's going to be able to help me with this better than someone else is. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how I know that. The feels. I guess. (laughs) It's Um, like some kind of divining stick of finding water. Yeah. The feels. The feels. Will lead us there. Yeah. Can you quantify what you need from a peer circle? Like you need this amount of people to tell you to get over it and just do it. And you need this amount of people to say, no, I don't, I don't don't think I can. (laughs) I don't think I can. Maybe that's the point. Maybe you're not to know, actually. That's for them to know. Yeah. I don't think I, or I've never been presented in a situation where I've needed a quantifiable number. Yeah. Although you know, like, right now I need this thing and I'm going to call this person to get it. Yeah. That I know. Mm. And is that usually like, right now I need someone who will shut up and listen or right now I need someone who will distract me from what I... No, it's usually shut up and listen. (laughs) Well, I have a lot to say and you just better be ready to hear it or something. Um, Yeah. Yeah. What about the rest of your list that you're writing at the start of the year about who to work with mm. and for and be involved and mm. learn from? Um, I mean, we don't have to name names if mm. you don't want to, but I'm, I'm thinking about what are the qualities surrounding that list or what, are you, what has drawn you to it? I'd, I actually have never thought about why I put those people on the list. They were just choices I made at the time that felt were right mm. but now that I'm thinking about that list some of them um, some of them I haven't worked with yet y- yet and I'm not sure if they would make the list again because um, It's not a long list. Like, it's you can't put 100 people on the list. Do you know what I mean? Like, you can't be like that. I think you have to be very specific with your goals. You can't just... Otherwise, nothing happens again. Yeah. You can't have a 100-person list. I think there was about six. Okay. Um, and people may not make the list again just because there may be people who, who slot into this spot for because I've got a new interest or because I've met someone new or because I've seen something I liked and want to connect with that person. Or because you've found out more about... 
Apple because I found out more about. <laughs> and you just bump that person off the list. Sorry. <laughs> um, I think it was a really diverse list. They were people that did all kinds of different things. Um, and the role I wanted to be the relationship I wanted to have with them weren't always dancer choreographer. They weren't mm. me as their collaborator. It was sometimes someone um, who works in a field I'd really like to work in who, yeah, they weren't always dancer choreographer role. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, organisations I'd like to be involved in. I think... Is as much as it was a diverse list, what they did was really specific, and I have an interest in whatever that is. I think that's what made me put. Mm. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Or will it expose who? No, no, no. I don't think so. Okay. okay. Yeah. So I'm curious then about the about maybe we can talk in instead of <laughs> um, talking uh, what they specifically are doing or interested in that inspires you and then what role you wanted to play in conjunction with that specific thing that they... Did or do. Did or do. Um, Sometimes they offered me a new way of moving. Mm. I hadn't learnt or known um, or done much of and I wanted to do learn more of that um, and that person I know or you know was the person mm. who does that mm. and um, that's why yeah so this is like an, an apprenticing or something yeah for a brief amount of time yeah yeah um I was just reading this book, like, How to Steal Like an Artist. Have you read it? No, but I've... Seen it. Read the, the title. I feel like most <laughs> of it's in the title. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, ten things. And one of the things Austin, I think his name is, talks about is, like, if you're not, you know, if, you, if you're not the... I don't want to say the... He doesn't say the best person in the room. Um, but I'll just say he does. He's like, you know, you should always sit with the best person in the room. And if you are the best person in the room, find a new room yeah. kind of thing. And I felt like those people were the best people in their rooms. Awesome. And I wanted to be... Um, sitting next to them. Sitting next to them yeah. and just learning and seeing, observing, you know, how they did stuff. Partly because I'm still trying to figure out how I want to learn, observe and do stuff. Mm. Um, what do you want to do? 